menopause, perimenopause, these can be some of the most uncomfortable phases of a woman's life. If you find yourself in either of these, well, Hormone Harmony is here for you. Hormone Harmony capsules contain science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it really shows. And get this. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code DRESSED at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code DRESSED for 15% off today. April, Mother's Day is just around the corner. Do you know what you are doing for your mom this year? I sure do. This year, I'm gifting her My Life in a Book, which is this very cool service that will allow her to turn her life stories into a beautiful printed book, complete with her own photos of significant moments in her life. Yes, this is so amazing. And dress listeners, here is how it works. So once a week, mylifeinabook.com will send your mom a question via email. And these can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you wish to ask. And then your mom can either type her response or she can use their voice to text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. So join us and check out mylifeinabook.com and use the code DRESSED at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use the code DRESSED for 10% off today. Dress, the history of fashion, is a production of Dress Media. people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the history of fashion, a podcast where we explore the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan. Dress listeners, today is an inaugural trial run of a new segment that we are considering adding to the show from time to time that for the moment is entitled what's in your closet and and the premise is actually incredibly straightforward it is a bit of a spinoff of our fashion history mystery segments that we have been doing for several years now yes and admittedly we have been doing fewer and fewer fashion history mystery episodes and we really wanted to get back to it If you are a newcomer to the show, and it seems April, judging from the emails and DMs we've been getting lately, that there are a lot of new listeners who Mm -hmm. have discovered the show in the last few months or so, so welcome. So our fashion history mystery segments are when our listeners, you, all send us your burning, must-be-answered fashion history questions, and then we do our best to research and answer them. And that is exactly what we are going to do today. But the what's in your closet has a little bit of a twist. It's when you all send us photos of a garment or accessory in your closet that you would like to know more about. 
From time to time, we will select some of these submissions and chat about the ones that have the most interesting backstories. And I should probably definitely issue a caveat here before we open up the floodgates of research requests. <laughs> um, we, we do not anticipate that we're going to be able to answer each and every submission. That might be because there is a large volume of submissions. We don't know how that's going to go yet. Or maybe the object itself, um, and this is in no way reflective of its owner, maybe the object itself lacks a distinctly compelling history. You know, sometimes a glove is just a glove <laughs> and and there's not a lot of narrative that we can craft around some of these things but if the glove maker has a story past however that then that might be a, like a super solid point of departure for us yeah for sure and i would even venture to say that sometimes brands or designers associated with these objects will often work the best so if you know either some of the provenance or you know the actual designer, there's a label, et cetera, that's gonna be our entry point to research. So mm -hmm. for instance, a few months ago, we did a fashion history mystery episode on Lily Ann because several of you had requested it over the years. And we discovered so much about the brand's founder, <laughs> Adolf Schumann. I mean, he was quite the character. If you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. He was equally likely to be living it up at the finest hotels in Paris while they're on business as he was to be hanging out with mobsters and getting in barroom brawls in New York. So yes, if you want more intrigue, scandal, and potential fashionable fisticuffs, send us your queries with photos and as much information as you have about your item, and we will do our very best. We are also going to endeavor to do our very best today for listener Emma P, who recently sent us a message about her vintage find, which sparked further curiosity. Emma wrote to us saying, quote, I found this jacket at a vintage store and was blown away by the construction. I have several other 1940s, 1950s jackets, but this one is by far the best. I have never seen anything like the almost quilted peplum, monogrammed two-tone lining and label. After scouring the internet for any information about quote-unquote Jacques Cartier, the only crumb that I could find is this ad with the exact same jacket from 1949. Which is amazing, Emma, by the way, the mm -hmm. fact, I mean, yes. how many of us can actually find an ad depicting our garment, right? So she's already off to a great start, but she sent us photos of herself wearing the black wool jacket, which has four buttons down the center front. It's very nicely tailored, especially at the fitted waist, and then it flares out into a very distinctive peplum. And the peplum has rings of horizontal stitching all around it, giving it a ribbed appearance. So I'm not sure I've ever even seen a similar detail on a suit jacket like that. It's very, very cool. Yes, me neither, Cass. I, I was like, oh, that is that is interesting. And, and between the two of us, we have looked at a lot of clothes over time. Um <laughs> I was also unfamiliar with this label, Jacques Cartier, but right there is this very high quality woven label that has been hand stitched into the inside neckline of the jacket. The label has a cream ground and then it has a kind of a black scripty font that says Jacques Cartier. And then this uh, Jacques Cartier is superimposed on the label um, over a yellow motif of the Eiffel Tower in the background. At the bottom right, the label says made in France and the lining of the jacket 
also appears to be super high quality satin. It's also cream and it has the word Paris uh, woven into the fabric as well as either what might be a cloud motif or maybe another word in a scripty font, but I couldn't quite make that out in the photo. I don't, I don't know if you could Cass. I could not. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the very first things, you know, kind of seeing the inside of the jacket, the label and the lining, that was my first clue that this is probably a very, very high quality garment. Yeah. And Emma also attached the ad that she found for her exact jacket. And it's for a fashion show being held at Pfeiffer's department store in Little Rock, Arkansas, of all places. And it reads, quote, Paris originals come to Arkansas. And the ad features illustrations of two Christian Dior suits and two Jacques Cartier suits. And it lists their price points. And the two Cartier suits are both $98.95, which is just under $1,300 adjusted for inflation today. Whereas the Dior suits, one was $189.95 and the other $249.95. And this translates to $2,450 and $3,200 respectively. So the Jack Cartier's, while expensive, were actually a fraction of the price of the Dior's. Of note here also is the fact that the fashion show and the ad was being put on by the Greater Little Rock Federation of Women's Clubs. And this really underscores how Dior's new look spawned a truly global phenomenon. Of course, we all know by now that the new look launched in 1947. And of course, it would be expected for the cosmopolitan women of New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, et cetera, to kind of clamor to get their hands on the latest Dior sensations from Paris. But the fact that the women of Little Rock, Arkansas had also fallen under the spell of Monsieur Dior so early on in his career, well, that speaks to his status at this time as the world's most famous couturier. It also speaks to the global nature of his business model. Um, and this is something that we talk about back in 2019. We did an episode on exactly this, Dior's meteoric rise and how he became a global sensation practically overnight. Fashion curator Florence Mueller joined us for that episode to speak about her traveling exhibition, Dior from Paris to the World. So if you would like to know a little bit more about Dior and his international clientele, you can go back and check that episode out. I can't believe that was four years ago, Cass. That's yeah, crazy. Time does not exist at this <laughs> point. <laughs> But Emma's query, of course, was not about Dior, but instead Jack Cartier. So we are going to move on. I mean, it's super interesting that these two designers are paired together in the ad, right? I mean, was Cartier even a designer at all? Dress listeners, did you know that you can save on everything from fashion to beauty, home decor to groceries, even kids' school supplies with Rakuten? Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category. Beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, you name it. You're already shopping at your favorite stores, so why not be saving while doing it? It really is a no-brainer. How does it work, you ask? Well, stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You get paid via a check or PayPal quarterly. Membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. So join the 17 million members who have already saved at their favorite brands. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. 
Dress listeners, whatever your reason for wanting to learn a new language, whether it's an upcoming international adventure, communicating with your friends and family abroad, or even professional purposes, Rosetta Stone has got you covered. As the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years now, you can join millions of Rosetta Stone users to learn any of the 25 languages offered. That includes Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and so many more. And this is fast language acquisition, friends. There are no English translations, so you learn to speak listen and think in your new language. And right now you can get lifetime access to all 25 of Rosetta Stone's language courses for 50% off. That's language learning for 25 languages for the rest of your life, which Cass is frankly amazing. It is. And what are you waiting for, dress listeners? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, dress listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Dress listeners, if you suffer from seasonal allergies like me, Astapro is your new go-to. It has been super helpful to me this spring as it bursts into full bloom. And that's because Astapro is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter solution for nasal allergy symptoms. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. You too can get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief like I have with Astapro. It gets me back in the game, ready to record the show for all of you. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and Go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Emma, here is what we found out. On February 25th, 1949, we first see this name Jacques Cartier appear in the American fashion press, not once but twice in the New York Times and also the same day in the fashion industry trade publication, Women's Wear Daily. In the Times article, which is entitled Huge Order for French Styles, we are told that the American firm Simon Cohen & Company, Incorporated, quote, has placed orders in Paris for 10,000 to 12,000 coats and suits for delivery by July and August, involving a commitment of $500,000 for French wool goods and manufacturing costs. Half a mil in 1949, wowzers. Cash, you you know this, and and some of you regular listeners to the show are always like, why are they always giving us the money equivalencies? That's because <laughs> I love, I love, love, love doing historic currency conversions. <laughs> um, so the you better bet the first thing I did when I read this article was to throw that number into my conversion calculator. Do you want to take a wild guess as to what half a mil in 1949 would be in today's dollars? Maybe this is a stab in the dark, but I would say probably about 10 times as much. So like $5 million maybe. 
you're very close, but it's actually slightly more. This was essentially a $6.5 million investment into today's wow. money. I know it's no, no small change there. The Times article continues, quote, the suggested retail price of the garments, which will bear the label Jacques Cartier, Simon Cohen's French subsidiary, is $100. The garments will be confined to one retailer in a community, and a limit of 12 garments to any one store is set. It is expected, therefore, that approximately 1,000 stores will be offering the coats and suits next fall. And interestingly enough, Women's Wear Daily gives us an entirely different figure in terms of how much this venture cost up front. So the Times said $500,000, so half a million dollars, but Women's Wear Daily actually said that it was $1.2 million, which what would that be, April? It's it's actually quite a lot more. It's about $15.5 million, so wow. substantially more. So anywhere from 6.5 to 15.5 million dollars. <laughs> Up front. Up front. We have no further information about this discrepancy in terms of the initial investment costs. But what the Women's Wear Daily article does make clear, however, is that, quote, no French couturiers are involved in this plan, Mr. Cohen said. As reported, the garments will be manufactured under the name Jacques Cartier Paris. A separate New York corporation has been formed under the name of Jacques Cartier Incorporated as a sales agency. So there is Ah, one of those answers. (laughs) Emma. Uh, Your jacket that you have was actually part of a suit. And while it was made in Paris, um, it was a business hatched by a New York 7th Avenue manufacturer who sought to capitalize on the cachet of French fashion at this time. So yes, it was made in Paris using French wool, but by an American business entity. And I do just want to say that I think there was a clue in the label about this because I don't know that a French haute couturier, et cetera, making garments for French customers would put the Eiffel Tower on the label. (laughs) Or also made in France in English. Exactly. In yet another article from June of 1949, Simon Cohen explains his motivations. The article says, quote, he pointed out that a coat and suit from Paris had originally been limited to the person of means. This, and what he's meaning here is Jacques Cartier, the firm, he said, enabled the average woman to purchase a garment retailing at approximately $100, which bears the label of designed and manufactured in Paris. To further carry out this picture of glamour, According to Mr. Cohen, the garments consigned will be packaged and addressed in Paris, carried by Air France, and then reshipped by the firm to the American firms. I don't know about this, Cass. I mean, they are taking this Paris factor pretty seriously with this amount of money. You know, did did women at this time care that much that their garments were packed in Paris and then traveled on Air France? I, I don't think I would have. <laughs> I mean, you might not have been alone in that sentiment, though, because in the February 20th, 1950 edition of Women's Wear Daily, we do see an article entitled Simon Cohen Denies Intent to Close Firm. So you might recall the initial mention of Jacques Cartier that happened in the Times and Women's Wear Daily on February 25th, 1949. So those two articles are barely less than a year apart. There's Simon, like there's like short like five days of them being a year apart. It's like right, right, right. Crazy. So, 
And Simon Cohen is quoted in this 1950 article as saying, rumors have been circulating in the market that we are going out of business and they are completely without foundation. The article then goes on to explain that production of Jacques Cartier garments is to continue, but in the New York City garment district, not Paris. They would still use French fabrics and quote, Mr. Cohen pointed out that he had to keep too much personnel in Paris to supervise production and it was too expensive, end quote. The new U.S. models were predicted to retail for $69 versus $100, which in today's dollars is April. $900 versus the uh, Paris-made price of $1,300. That's a significant difference, but still very expensive. Yeah, $100. (laughs) But dress listeners, we have to tell you that that was the last mention of the firm Jacques Cartier that we could find anywhere moving forward. It seems like those rumors at the beginning of 1950 were indeed true. The Jacques Cartier line seems to have existed for approximately one year before going under, just one year. Um, And I just want to note here that I said that's all that we could find moving forward. I did not say that's all we could find because everybody get very, very excited for Emma. (laughs) Uh, Emma, I actually found your suit in vogue. Yay! Uh, It appears in the September 15th, 1949 issue of Vogue in full color. It is featured in a Jacques Cartier ad. And um, in the ad, there's two models. One is wearing Emma's black wool suit and the other is wearing a red swing coat. And they are posed in Paris um, on one of the bridges that crosses the Seine. And the ad reads, quote, designed and tailored in Paris of the finest French fabrics and flown to this country on Air France at one fine store in each city. Which apparently included Pfeiffer's of Little Rock, Arkansas. April, this is a prime example of something that we have talked about on the show so many times. And that was what American fashion designer Elizabeth Haas called the French legend. So quote, that all the best clothes were made in France and that all women wanted them. Haas herself bucked this way of thinking while Simon Cohen bet anywhere between six and a half to 15 and a half million dollars that this was true. (laughs) And Haas went on to become one of American fashion's brightest stars and a household name, of course. And we ask our listeners this, until today, had any of you ever heard of Simon Cohen? We didn't think so, and neither had we. Yeah, he bet against the rise of the American look and the American fashion industry, which was already garnering traction by the mid-1940s, and he lost. Uh, He lost a lot of money. So, Mr. Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listeners, we will obviously post images of Emma's jacket as it appeared as part of a suit in Vogue, and we will also see if she is okay with us posting the images she sent to us as well. Emma, we hope this satisfies your curiosity. And dress listeners, like we said at the top of this episode, if you have a vintage item in your closet that you think warrants further investigation, send it our way and uh, your item might just appear on an upcoming installment of What's in Your Closet. You can send your queries to us at email at our email at hello at dresshistory.com. If you could be so kind as to title your email with what's in your closet, that would be amazing. That way April and I can funnel them into their own little category for future reference. 
And again, we are going to do our best to answer, but we cannot answer everyone. So just please keep that in mind. It's just us two. Someday we dream of having an assistant and a production team. But until then, (laughs) you can also DM us on Instagram at dress underscore podcast, where we post images and reels for each week's episode. If you would like to find the Instagram content associated with today's episode, you can do the hashtag dressed327. That's dressed327. I think that does it for us today, dress listeners. May you consider where the greatest mysteries reside in your wardrobe next time you get dressed. Did you know that you can now listen to Dressed ad-free? For just $3 a month, you can subscribe to the exclusive content version of our show, which does not have ads. Check out the link in our show notes or in our Instagram link tree. Also, Cass, we forget to mention this on episodes sometimes, but for a few months now, we have had a dressed bookshelf. So, so many of you over the years have written to us and asked for lists of all the books that we mentioned on the show. So we have partnered with the very cool Brooklyn-based organization, bookshop.org for our very own dressed bookshelf. There are over a hundred titles to choose from. And when you make a purchase from our bookshelf, you're actually buying through an independent bookseller. We get a teeny tiny cut too, but honestly doing the bookshelf was not about money for us. It's just this really cool way to put all of our favorite fashion history books out there online in one place. And also it has the added benefit of supporting an independent bookseller. So head over to bookshop.org slash shop slash dressed to check it out. And that's uh, bookshop.org slash shop slash dressed. Thank you as always for tuning in and more dressed coming your way on Tuesday. Dress, the history of fashion is a production of Dressed Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.